0: All right, here we go. <clears throat> On uh, 3, 2, one. we are speaking with uh, Alessandro Del Vecchio. If you own anything from Frontiers Records, well, he's pretty much involved. He writes, produces, he mixes. Uh... Do you master, by the way?
1: Yeah, I do mastering too, yes. So you do
0: the mastering. Uh, you're like a one-man band. You're a one-man show. It's a pleasure to have you today. Yeah, my pleasure, and uh, it's I think it was time to do this. <laughs> it's been a long time. It was. You know, we. I, I've enjoyed a lot of the bands you've been with. I've enjoyed a lot of the Frontier projects, whether it's Revolution Saints or Sunstorm or Hardline or any of these. Um, talk to me, by the way, how, how did you become the man for Frontiers? How, how did you get that 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 job where you're just you're the everything guy?
1: Well, um, uh, years ago, around 2004, I had my first album with uh, Edge of Forever with uh, the label that back then was the like leading on the market, which was MTN Music from Germany. And we did two records with them and Frontiers was distributing us. So that's that was our first encounter because they were distributing our records in Italy. And, uh, and for years we've been in touch and, I mean, we were like talking mostly about records that I was doing for other labels. And then one lucky day, I just wrote them and I said, well, do you need songs or, I mean, there's a way that we can do something together. And, uh, and they asked me for songs for Robbie LeBlanc for um, Find Me. And uh, I sent the first song and they liked it and they picked it sent the second one, they took it, third one, same thing. After the sixth song in a few days, uh, Serafino wrote me back and said, well, do you want to write for Johnny Gioeli? And I was like, well, that would be a dream come true for sure. And, uh, and he said, do you have something that, that could fit a record with him? And I was like, well, not now, but I can go in the studio and write it. And I wrote Fever Dreams. I sent Fever Dreams to him. Uh, he sent it to Johnny Johnny wrote me back and uh, and that's how I started i mean basically hardline was was the first album that came out with uh with uh, my um let's say hands on production and and some writing and uh it it went very well and uh then I mean Seraphina is a very creative um label owner, for sure. I mean, he's got always ideas like, oh, we could do a record with this and that. So after the Hardline record, he wrote me and said, well, can you make a list of people you would like to work with? And I put down Jolene Turner, Fergie Fredrickson, and uh, so many people, and uh, we accomplished to do all the records with these people. And, uh, and then, I mean, after a few albums, people started to Asked for my services at the label and uh so i started to be like the mixing engineer for 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 lots of records that were coming on coming out on the label and uh, i mean uh, year after years we became you know always uh we became closer partners during the years and uh and and here we are so basically i'm the i've been the in-house producer for like I guess, seven, eight years now. So I kind of get access to the to the projects when they're born. And uh, and uh, if I have time and if if the the artists like uh, what I do and they see me as their producer or some writer, they just, you know, ask to work with me. So that's basically how it went
0: in terms of of your training where did that come from how did you become to be in this did you go to a to a school is it just self-taught because to record to mix to master you know in the old days you had you know you sent it off to the mastering house and you had the bob Ezrins and the and and the uh, whoever mutt langs and you had the producers and you didn't have the guys that did everything Uh, where did you learn these skills
1: well, basically, I'm coming from a very musical family. Not in terms of being uh, musicians, but the the my parents always loved music. So we've been in you know surrounded by great records since I um, mean since I remember. And uh, I've always been fascinated by the audio uh, things that were moving in my headphones and and the sounds and the power and how I could hear all the details. And uh, my father was uh, a, a live engineer, live sound engineer. So he had a, 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 an audio service back then. So when uh, my brother and I were you know, basically kids around, I was probably 12, 13, uh, we started to work with him. So we always had mixing consoles at home. And one day I said, well, can I take the 24 channels and put it in my bedroom because I want to do demos? And uh, he gave me this 24 channels mixing board and I started to, to track demos with uh, fir- first. I started with uh, four tracks, multi cassettes uh, from Tascam. Then the first computers came and, um, and I mean, it happened that people were like, they could see what I could do. And, uh, and, and it, it was because str- I, I never thought that I would end up mixing for other people. I always wanted to do those things for myself, for my songs, for my bands. And uh, I didn't even know that you could hire a mixing engineer when I was, uh, I mean, uh, when I was a teenager, I thought you would just go to a studio and do everything there. Uh, But then, I mean, uh, work after work, people were like, oh, could you, do you want to produce our band? uh, Or do you want to mix our band? So I, I started to realize that what I was doing, which I, I learned by myself, I'm, I'm self-taught, uh, but I've been working in the studios and uh, in, in live environments for for years now, for basically 30 years, almost 30 years. So I learned, uh, you know, like the old way. I mean, you, you start like the coffee guy in the studios and you start to see how it works. And I, by, by luck, I, I was produced for the first time when I was 16. So I've been produced and I've seen producers work for for lots of years. So when somebody came to me saying, well, would you like to produce my band? I just applied what I saw. And uh, and back then you didn't have Internet to know everything that you can know today. So yeah, and just it, YouTube
0: production. No, but yeah. uh, did, by the way, did your
1: brother go into the music business as well? Well, he's a musician, he's a great guitar player, great, great blues guitar player, but he, he didn't uh, become a professional because he didn't want, you know, to to pursue this life of sacrifices. And uh, uh, he has his own firm uh, and uh, he plays with his own band. Uh, what he wants is not that kind of musician that, uh, you know, you, you hire uh, he doesn't like to do that. He wants to play his own music and and play the guitar the way he wants. So we 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 played together for years, but uh, but we we took separate ways when I started to be a f- professional and and I had totally different goals in in life and music. So I mean, you can call me tomorrow and uh, and I can play in a death metal band if I like the songs. I'm nice. not. I'm not a genre. I'm not a genre guy. I'm I'm just a lover of music and I don't see myself as a rock producer or a rock musician or a metal producer. I see myself as just, you know, uh, I'm just some some somehow a visionary of music. And I like to see things beyond genre and sounds. I I, I'm I'm in love with uh, the songwriting, no matter the genre. So that's how it
0: went. And that's sort of how I see myself with the rock reporting stuff, because I'll go from air supply to kiss to Metallica to, to whatever. And I like the diversity. I, I like that. You know, you when you come, for example, to my socials, you don't know if you're going to get Elvis one day, or if you're going to get air supply or if I like that. Uh, and I like that, that you, that you're the same way that you're, you're willing to spread out. And, and a good song is a good song, right?
1: Yeah. To me. And you know, i My favorite band when I when I grew up was Queen and they never had just one genre. I mean, they could have a folk song right before a hard rock song or right before a disco song. They never cared. And to me, music is music. So I'm you know, I can listen to in the same day I can listen to James Taylor and Testament and Alanis Morissette without any prejudice and any. Uh, it to me it doesn't make any difference. I mean, obviously, I have my own favorite bands, and you know, I grew up with the Beatles, with Queen, with Genesis. But, uh, but to me, a good song is a good song, it can be Lady Gaga, it can be anything. I don't, I, I, sometimes I, agree. I, don't, I know, yeah. I don't even yeah. want to know if it's a good song, it's a good song.
0: If it moves you, it moves you. Here, I want to ask you this real quick uh, when Ronnie Romero uh joined Sunstorm. Uh, or just before he put on his socials that, man, this business is tough and you get shit on all the time and everything's... T-. And I interviewed him afterwards and he, and he explained it. Uh, you were very supportive. You posted on, on his post and said, hey, man, I got you. I live the same thing. Uh, talk to me a little bit about some of the the prejudice that maybe you face. Because, you know, when you look at at the Frontier stuff... Uh, you're, you got your hands in everything and, and people are like, well, you know, this, that, these bands don't tour. And there's always a credit, somebody's always criticizing. Um, what was your response to that? And, and talk to me a little bit about how you sympathize with, with Ronnie.
1: Well, um, you know, I'm, um, um, you know, I, I, in this day and age, we're so used to, it's very easy to criticize and it's very easy to be vocal with your opinion. Because you get online, you just need a keyboard, a computer, and a, and a connection, and you can criticize anything. And uh, and you know, uh, 20 years ago, you could criticize Jimi Hendrix or the Beatles, and just be you know a guy from your town, and and that that thing could die there. But right now, you can be like you can talk to a guy in India and criticize him for for just just for nothing because it you don't need courage, you don't need anything because there's a screen. That's dividing you from the person, and uh, and uh, you know I I like the fact that the internet kind of broke the barriers be- between uh, the barriers between the the artists and the crowd, but uh, there's a there's a lack of respect, and sometimes people don't realize that first of all in frontiers I'm doing maybe eight. 10 records a year and they and they release 60 records a year. So I am i don't have that much power over, you know, the, the records that Frontiers does. But then, I mean, if Jeff Scott Soto or Jeff Bealson or Dean Castronovo or you name them, they want to work with me, they could use other producers in the label. I'm not just the only producers. There's Eric Martinson, there's Daniel Flores, Dennis Ward, were were lots of people, and the new guys like Jonati from Heat and all the new producers. And I'm not just the only one. I happen to be the guy that, I mean, a certain uh, 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 group of musicians like to work with me. So they ask for my services. And why should I say no? Because a guy from I don't even know if he's a it's his real name or from whatever he's writing. Uh, he has an opinion on myself. And uh, I always say that uh, it's not that I don't care about the opinions, but uh, I have to accomplish a mission, which is to have my clients happy, and my clients are frontiers and the artists. And I cannot put anybody else in the equation because otherwise i'm I'm too distracted because if if you start to read the comments, It's it's going nowhere because I mean, sometimes I've been criticized because I'm a short guy or because I have piercings or tattoos. I mean, people sometimes criticize and and you have to remember that what we do as, as musicians is basically living the dream and you cannot deny that. So sometimes people are frustrated that they would love to live the same thing because it's a job. And it's a regular job, in my opinion, just like any other job. But it's—I mean—we dreamed when we were kids; yeah. we were, dream, yeah. you know, doing this. So there's a sort of, you know, it, it's like bashing the football player. It's like bashing uh, Elon Musk. Uh, I mean, when you see somebody doing something a little bigger than yourself—not that I'm comparing myself to Elon Musk or no. whatever—but it's, no, but, uh, it's you know, know, a success, uh, personal success that you achieve people relate to that because they probably would love to be the mixing engineer on
0: those records and they're not but I I so get it because the the other day because it's not just you that gets criticized but the the guys reporting on it get criticized somebody wrote me and said probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard they said oh you think you're so cool because you always have to get the news first before anybody else and I'm like that's sort of the gig (laughs) like like i was like what kind of stupid criticism was that so so yeah you know you just you just got to smile and keep moving and ignore it because if everything got you down it's just like but hey you got to get the news first right that's yeah it's part of my job (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of the idea if i was always last there would be no point to come to me i mean anyway but uh let's let let me just quickly talk uh, about animals the other day I, i rescued a dog Second dog that, that that I've rescued, and and you were very complimentary about that. And I see your shirt that says "Free the Animals." Yes. Um, talk to me about that. Is it just a a, a hobby or, a, or or a passion, or is it more than that for you in terms of of being kind to the animals? Because li- listen, I live in a forest. I spend my days feeding squirrels and raccoons. I mean, they start at eight in the morning and they go till ten at night. Um, talk to me about the animal. Uh, angle
1: well you know um since i was a kid i always saw the uh i mean i always saw myself in between like two demons why do you love animals and you eat them but uh you know you grow up and that's you know you're you're accustomed to that because everybody does it and i'm coming from the south of italy and still i mean you slaughter your own pig uh, you do those kind of things, and it's very normal. So I grew up seeing, you know, the pig grow for a year, and then one day he was gone, and uh, you could you could see him being slaughtered in front of you, just because that's that's how it was back then. And uh, when I grew up, I didn't know anything about veganism, and you know there were very few vegetarians when I grew up, but I always be like, it's kind of a paradox, and. And I couldn't, but I couldn't shift that paradigm. I was still, you know, stuck there. Then one day I was on tour with uh, Axe, the American band Axe, and uh, Bob Harris, um, he, he's a vegan. And I was like eating my my Burger King. And I was like, wow, but why vegan? I mean, you could be vegetarian and it doesn't, doesn't matter. And uh, he said, well, you know, if you're vegan, you're not you're not part of the animal exploitation and I don't want to do it because it makes me feel uh, bad and uh, that it's something that you shouldn't do, you shouldn't uh, harm uh, other living beings. And that stuck in my head and uh, I came back from the tour and I was like, you know what, I'm becoming vegan. I didn't know any other vegan. So I come back and that was back in uh, 2009. I came back home and I told everyone well I declared myself like I came out I want to be a vegan and everybody was like what what's that but uh I mean and and since then it's become my it's um it became my my balance because I I took myself out of an equation of uh something that wasn't working with me uh harming animals and uh and I started to to realize that You know, you can be really kind to animals in many ways, like you can uh, go to shelter, help them and uh, and and really decide. I mean, it's it's a very it's one of the the most political moves that you can do to be kind to any living being. So and then I started to see that there were like uh, organizations like PETA and others that were fighting for people to realize what was happening, especially with uh, shelters and um, uh, the way they test on animals, everything. And uh, and so I started to support those campaigns and, and support shelters. And, uh, and I realized that with what I was doing, I could have an audience, big or small, but I could have a bigger audi- audience than maybe some other vegans or vegetarians or animal lovers. So I started to to be very, very open about it. And, uh, and if I see uh, a friend of mine or a colleague that's uh, saving an animal from a shelter, I'm always like supporting because that's the biggest uh, love uh, gesture that you can have towards an animal because that, I mean, uh, if if you ever enter a sh- an animal shelter, it's our break and uh, I don't even understand <laughs> you want to take
0: all of me. them you, you really do
1: yeah, and uh so I do everything i can i I ran a marathon for pizza this summer to raise money for shelters and i I, I do concerts to raise money. so for me, it's more like it's my way to give back i would I, I do it not only for animals, I try to do I try to be against any injustice. Uh, It's impossible to be, you know, doing everything because I have to make a living. But uh, I decided to use part of my of my revenue and my work position in terms of audience to give back. I had from life, I had way more than I than I even dreamed of. I'm working on my idols and now it's time to give back and animals. I mean, they are—they are, they don't have a voice, so they need help more than more than others.
0: Let me ask you two questions on that. Uh, you know, I know how it goes down in Canada, and, and I get a, a sense of how it goes in the states. Is it an easy sell in Italy? I mean, can you have the animal shelters and have all this? Or are you still fighting the old ways of, like you said, you take the pig out back and you slaughter it? Like, are, is it still sort of the old school, or has has Italy progressed to the point where, no, everybody has shelters and we love to adopt puppy. like I mean, and I know it sounds like a silly question, but is there a big difference between North America and sort of Southern Europe?
1: Well, it's uh, it's almost it's almost the same now. But, uh, you know, there's never unfortunately, there's never shelters enough for all the animals that need a shelter. So, I mean, there's not there's never enough uh, fundings from governments. And there are places like Spain where dogs are uh, they're used for for hunting or for races. And they throw a dog that's not good anymore. They throw them in canyons. They shoot them, so there's a sort of a cultural uh, barrier that's that's still there, and sometimes people don't don't even see a, a a dog that's you know that's just roaming around, and they don't even question themselves if the dog has the owner or whatever. So. It's it's better than years ago, but also, I mean, also like dog shelters or animal shelters are are sometimes people are are suspicious and uh, and they're like, well, you know, you're wasting your time because, I mean, what can, you cannot save the whole world. But they don't realize that an action like uh, rescuing a dog from a shelter can well basically changes the dog's life, first of all, but it's going to change your life, your life, because. What, what happens with the, a rescue dog or these animals that that literally had no love from from anyone is that they learn to give even more love it's crazy because animals the more you took away love from their life the the more they're ready to give love back so you take a maybe an an old dog from a shelter you don't even realize the love that you're gonna get so and I you know, it's funny because we're talking about uh, uh, dog adoptions, and uh, our shelter, dog shelter from my hometown, they made a big uh, billboard yesterday in in the center of the city saying, "Well, it's never it's never too late to fall in love again. Adopt an animal for for Valentine's Day." So we're trying we're trying to to have people be aware of of you know the the stray the stray dogs, stray cats, and I mean, my mom just uh, created a colony of stray cats because we're 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 like that. I mean, we're we're a family. They always that always helped uh, animals. So we have a rescue dog. We have nine rescue cats, and uh, there's a colony of. Uh, last year was more than 20 cats. Now we're trying to, to spray <laughs> them to 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 try to prevent them see between you and your
0: mom and the cats you you're rocking this town i mean it's it's the stray cats right i mean you're you're gonna you're gonna be rocking this town all over
1: (laughs) 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 totally yes so i mean i try to do you know i wish i had more time but when i don't have time i i help them economically which is sometimes even more important especially for for a person that that can do it so i mean i'm not i'm not you know a you know, I, I, I'm i not a millionaire, but uh, but I, I think I can, you know, avoid going to a restaurant for for a month and uh, keep those money and give them for shelters and try to help them.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's certainly a nice thing. Let me just get back to the music for a second. We are in 2021. Uh, I was just talking to Jeff Pilson and, and okay. Steve Brown, who is in The End the Machine. They've got The End Machine 2. And I forget the name of the album right now. Uh, End Machine two? Phase 2. That's right. Yeah. And they're very excited about it. Uh, what albums should we look for that you've been involved with that that are coming out? And you know they're coming out. I mean, they're not secrets. Um, have you? Did you work on Phase Two? Because you worked on the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mixed and uh, mastered the album.
0: How great is it?
1: I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's Jeff Pilson. I mean, it's, it's great. Well, it's Jeff Pilson and George Lynch and Robert Mason and Steve Brown. That actually, you could you couldn't tell the difference between Mick and Steve. It's it's crazy, but they're brothers, but it's crazy. I mean, Steve has the same sound. It's probably part of the DNA in that family. And uh, the songs are even better. I mean, if you could top The End Machine One, uh, this record is going to do it. It's better. song. it's it's not that the first songs were not good, but these are even better. They progress. And, they
0: gel does uh, a band. But so, so what else what else can we look forward to? Like, what are the top three or four that you just go? You got to put your money down. So end machine well, phase two, we got to put our money. What's yeah. next?
1: Uh, Hardline, the new album, is coming Ooh. out in the fall.
0: Yeah. And okay. uh,
1: we're we're almost done with the recording. So we're we're there. We're there. We're delivering the master by the end of the month. So we're very close. With, with
0: doing... uh, Johnny Gioelli on it or somebody yeah. else? Okay.
1: okay. No, no, Johnny. Johnny's oh.
0: on. And
1: it's the same It's the same uh, lineup as the last album. Good. And uh, then I'm doing a new Edge of Forever record, which is coming out by the end of the year. And uh, there's a Resurrection Kings uh, album coming out with uh, Vinnie Peace and Craig Goldie and
0: Ches West. That's funny. And I, I that... literally, I was cleaning out, like I said, uh, cleaning out the CDs in this room, and I literally had the Resurrection Kings in my hand about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, and
1: that, I mean, the new one is, is a monster, is a monster. Uh, it took a long time to do it because it took a long time to write it because we knew that we had to, you know, do something even better than the debut. And uh, and luckily, Frontiers gave us enough time, almost two years to work on it. And, and uh, when it came out, wow, it's a uh, it, you know, when we finished the album, we didn't even realize that we were done because we took so, so much time. So when the record was done and we sent the master, the day after we were like, oh, what a record have we done? And that is that is going to be I mean, if you like the first one, this one is going to be even, even better. It's deeper. It's the performances are of piece. I don't know. How can you play like that? And, uh, it's, uh, these are, these are the four records that I'm really looking forward to have out. And then there's, uh, there's, uh, a new band that we're, that we're doing with, uh, Renan Zonta from, uh, electric mob and, uh, and Billy Sheehan and other and, uh, other people. And it's, a uh, it's a great album that will showcase Brennan as the great singer he is. But uh, we went, we went past the the project itself. It's a it's a really great record. Uh, it came out. The announcement was uh, the name was Escape Machine, but uh, but it it's a working name. So we're still don't ha- we still don't have the 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 you know the final name and everything we don't know if it's coming out this year or next year it's the same thing with uh, the project with uh uh, uh michael sweet uh, nathan james joel oakstra tommy oldridge and uh and marco mendoza we we uh, call
0: that we'll, uh white snake two yeah <laughs> Whites, it's called it's called <laughs> white snake two and 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 by the way escape machine I, i'm gonna i'm gonna step in here just go with escape because you have the end machine, escape yeah. machine. It's too many machines. So no,
1: we'll, we'll <laughs> cha- we'll cha- the name, that is just the working <laughs> title, the working name. But uh, when the, when Frontiers made the little trailers for right. 2020, for 2021, they came, they, they wrote escape machine, but it's just the name of one of the songs. So right. that, that is not going to be the name of the project, but I'm very proud of that record. But the Nathan
0: James one. That's, I mean, that guy can sing. That son of a gun can sing. I, I mean, can you
1: can you imagine that new and glorious in uh, with the uh, with uh, Nathan James on vocals, Tommy, Marco, Michael, and Joel? That's you know that's uh, you know it's got all the checklist done. It's everything is there. Yeah. All that's and, missing uh, is
0: David Coverdale. Yeah, I mean, but we. I don't <laughs> By the way, I, I, I interviewed incredible... <laughs> I interviewed Nathan the other day, and we were joking about that. That's why that's why I'm busting your balls on that because we 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 had that joke so. But but I'm I'm looking forward to that because you know uh, Marco Mendoza on bass is one of those guys that is so incredibly underrated. You know when whether it was the Dead Daisies or Thin Lizzy or or the, his time in White Snake, he just lays it down so well. And uh, then you throw in, you know Nathan James singing Michael Sweet's probably gonna sing or do some background. Vo- yeah. It's it's just it's gonna be massive. <laughs> it's just going to yeah. be massive.
1: Yeah, honestly, after Revolution Saints, uh, I mean, this is my biggest achievement in terms of putting together something. You know, we we really hope that we can, you know, that the world is going to be ready for shows, that, that we can turn that into something that we can really work with. But uh, you know, well,
0: you we'll can see... play. You can play shows in Florida. Just move to Florida and tour and go play. <laughs> that's T- true. That's tour. true. That's right. <laughs> just you can just go play a Miami, Orlando, Tampa. Well, there, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no COVID there. Didn't you know? They, they, yeah, they, I
1: know. It's the only place on earth that yeah, they said. Know,
0: they they know. said no. COVID came to the door and they went, no thanks, no, no, we're, no COVID here. Um, just real quick on the Revolution Saints, um, that first album. Uh, was just tremendous. Uh, the other ones are all tremendous, too. But that first one particularly, when we heard, you know, Jack Blades and Dean, and you just went, oh, and Doug, and you're just like, oh. Um, t- Talk to me just quickly about that one, because and, and, it is an accomplishment to get those guys in a room, and, and you got to write with them. I mean, can't complain. Yeah. Well, you know, I
1: I remember I I took a flight from Milano to to Portland and I rode my father. I was like, I think I'm in the Champions League (laughs) because I was flying to America and, and to work and to write and to produce three of my favorite musicians and one of my favorite producers. Because Jack Blades is not just uh, you know the incredible musician that we and singer that we know. He's of. He's the uh, Portrait it's Records
0: uh, producer <laughs> from, from back in the day. Remember that Portrait Records yeah. with Sony. He did all the stuff yeah. for Great White and uh...
1: yeah, and and uh, Vince Neil and, yep. and yeah. Wh- but you got a song on there,
0: "How to Mend a Broken Heart." I mean, Eclipse did it, yes, but the Revolution Saints version. Mm, that's a good yeah. fucking I mean, song. It, it,
1: I mean that record was, you know, a dream come true. But uh, you know, it was, you know, to me it was like uh, uh, I took it as an accomplishment in my career, an achievement, but also as a uh, as a test. Because I was like, okay, if I can do this, I can really shoot for 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 bigger things. Because uh, I mean, and every I remember I had everybody's eyes on me because they were like, ah, why why him? why not not another producer and uh but the project was born uh with a phone call from frontiers they were like can can you write a song that we can submit to journey because we would like to do a record with uh, dean castronovo but they want to hear the songs first so we had to send the song to neil and to the management and to dean to get uh, Dean's, you know, let's say release contract from from Journey to be able to record and do videos with us. So I wrote uh, I wrote a song and I sent it to Frontiers and then I didn't hear for like two days. And I was like, ah, it's, maybe it's not going to happen. Then I get an email from Frontiers. They're like, OK, be ready, uh, get your diapers on because we're doing the record and uh so it was kind of a you know kind of a of an amazing moment because i was like okay they asked me to write i'm not just producing i'm writing for these guys and uh and now they're flying me to america to do it uh and uh you know it was the first time that i was that was working with all of them so they didn't know me they only knew the songs that i sent they were like okay and uh, and i talked to jack and i was like Ah, well, you know, you're one of my favorite producers and some writers uh, and uh, I'm honored to do it. And he was like, well, just be the producer. I'm just for once I can just be the musician and uh, let's do it. So even when we wrote uh, the amazing thing that I that I that I really loved about that moment was I'm just a new guy in town. And uh, I got so much respect and 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 free hands on the work from these guys, and I was like, oh, wow, that's uh, that, that. means that maybe I'm able to do something uh, if they let me do it. And uh, and when it came out, I remember I was like, oh, let's hope that you know the people like it. But we we knew that we had a great record, and uh, it really reflects also the energy that uh, the, the 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 whole team had. For that record, the excitement, and uh, you know, and then we had the second record, but we had to fight for it because Dean had all these problems, and um, and it's a darker record because it reflects that. Then on on the new album, the last album, we kind of resurrected the more uplifting messages and uh, and uh, and sounds, but the first record, you know, it's like you know the, the first love. And uh, I'm—it's—I'm very proud of it. And still, it's the, 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 the most prestigious and successful project
0: that Frontiers ever had. Yeah. and I mean, you've got Arnell on it, you've got Neil on it, and uh, yeah. you, what was it? You got—let me see. You've got twelve writing credits on it, right? Uh, every song. I
1: think it, it's—I think it's uh, ten songs out of twelve. I uh, guess. Let me. Oh, uh, yeah. Hold on. Any yeah, Or Eleven,
0: maybe. Anyway, there's there, you're, you're all over the place. Have, so that's great.
1: Yeah, because I didn't write "How to Mend a Broken Heart."
0: That no, you didn't. You that's right. You didn't write that one. And everyone else, you've got a little bit. So hey, it's not a bad yeah, way to the do
1: singles, it. I wrote all the singles. So I mean, I had my my lion's share in, on the record, and I'm very proud. I mean, you know, all the songs, and and still, I mean, still every day I get messages from people that relate to those songs, and. Uh, one of the 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 best memories that I can link to that album is writing a song for Serafino's father in the name of the father. I wrote that song just for Serafino. I didn't intend to have the song on an album, and uh, then he uh, Dean heard it and he wanted to do it on do it on the album, and we have videos of Dean crying <laughs> while we were doing the song. And and he told me, Well, Ale, this song is gonna move people. You'll see, people will will relate to this song and use this song. So I I started to get messages from people using the song for funerals, for situations like that. And I was like, Wow, I mean, you can write a song and and get that. I you know, it's it's a deal of a lifetime for me. Oh, it, it's
0: amazing, and of course, uh, I'll end on this. You had uh, sound sound from the Notebook come out last year. Yeah. Uh, where are you in terms of doing your own music and not, not doing Revolution Chains or Blacks? Oh, by the way, Black Swan has a new album coming out soon. Have yeah, you t- have you
1: touched couple, that? Yeah, I'm gonna mix the album. But have uh, you heard any of it yet? no i think they're still oh, right. probably oh. they didn't even start writing but uh but i think or i think they're starting probably they just started
0: all right so let me just get back to you though uh you know you've done all these other ones uh, are you going to do more of your own or is that just sort of like eh, once in a while i like doing this other stuff
1: well you know i'm not a i'm not a solo guy i got to i got to be honest i like the band uh the the band feeling and uh um, I mean, it was cool to put out the demos that I wrote for those songs. But, you know, I, I, I also I don't I got so much so much so many records out that I, I don't think we I need an Alessandro Del Vecchio solo record out there since I have Edge of Forever that it's I, I write all the songs and I have the old vision of the music and uh, and it's, let's say, my own band, my band. And that is enough because I have, you know, I can sing my own songs, but doing a solo record, I'm, I, you know, they, they asked me for that, but I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. But uh, but I'm not a solo guy. I mean, I, I like more the band, the band thing. The feel, and, yeah. Uh, the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more, and you know, and it's, uh, I mean, the, 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 the Sound from the Notebook album it's a collection of demos that I just wrote alone, just mean alone in the studio. And, uh, which is amazing, but it's not the way I like to do music because the interaction, there's something that happens when somebody else is, you know, doing their takes on your song. And, and I love that because me, it's just me. And, uh, and I'm not a me guy. I I love, I love to hear when the song can evolve into a bigger beast than what i I just wrote because i mean i could I could do a record and I could do everything, but uh I don't know it's not it's not me
0: yeah, well hey listen we 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 like what you are doing. keep doing it uh you know frontiers has has saved melodic hard rock really so and keep saving the animals. Well, I'll go adopt another two or three just for you.
1: Yes. Yes, well, and say hi to the squirrels. <laughs>
0: uh, I, oh, yeah. They're, they're. I can actually hear them scratching on the door. In fact, the other day, uh, you can't see it because, but I went to feed one and he scraped me. And I went, wow. holy fuck, they have sharp. <laughs> Cut my hand right open. I was like, geez. Eh, you know, that's the, the cost of being kind, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah, but it's okay. I mean, it's all right. It's, uh, it's all right. He got his he got
0: his nuts. We, you know, I go I go buy shelled nuts. You know, the walnuts and stuff, and I just uh, okay. anyway. Merci, as we say in Montreal. That was that was great, and uh, I, I'm assuming your weather was better than mine. We started a little late because I had to run out and <laughs> move the cars because the snowplow was coming. But hey, thank you. so Yeah, our,
1: our weather is is okay. It's uh, we had some snow, but um, but it's a very mild winter, so we we don't know what what to expect actually from from this February because normally it snows but it's not it's warm so we'll see i like warm
0: warm's good and uh, let's see if we can get everybody back on the road and playing some shows and hey if not yeah. make some more music and uh, let me know about the black swan because uh <laughs> that first one man that was good that was really yeah, good
1: yeah but but i have uh but i have Robbie McCauley's solo record coming out i guess pretty soon ooh
0: that's right. It's I forgot so, about that one is it good
1: it's uh well I've I wrote it with you know the majority it it's me and Robin, but it's not because it's me, but it's a very great album and robin his, his voice it's uh i i was like like an angel i was like how can you how can you do it? i mean you're not in your prime days. And you're still he's even better than you know when he was young. I don't know how can that happen. He's singing his, his balls off and he's doing very, very good. He's like a, a monster, literally a monster. He's a yeah. great singer and songwriter, and uh it's uh you're gonna love it. I mean if you love Robin's voice, I do that it's got it's got everything that you wanna hear from him, the MSG references and uh the harder stuff the ballads there's like four i think four ballads on huh. the album and well listen uh,
0: anytime and uh what are those other songs that he does uh all the ballads he did with Shankar are great anytime
1: yeah. and yeah that's a yeah that's yeah anytime is like you know
0: classic. it's a masterpiece it's a, ma- it's a masterpiece and and his voice is great and listen even his time with survivor doing eye of the tiger to me and I might get some shit for this, but I think that's the ultimate version because he just really belts it out.
1: Yeah, me too. Because you know, Robin, you know, it, I what about what I love about Robin is that it it's the seg- signature sound. It's like Jeff Scott Soto. It's like Johnny Joely. It's like David Cardell. You got those singers that it's them. It's I, there's nobody like it, like them. It's something in the natural voice that they have, and Robin, there's you you can you cannot even say well robin i can hear your influences no it's just one of a kind and it makes everything special because of that and the delivery and and is always like it's built in those songs and wow yeah you're gonna love the album i guess i guess it's coming out uh, you know around the summer and uh and uh so you're you're gonna you know have it through you know the the labels channels but uh it's a great record.
0: It's I'm really looking, I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to interviewing him again. He's he's a great guest and he's a great singer and Yeah. Man, that uh, uh what was it? The uh, Schenker Fest tour was just oh, wow. it, was, it was it was it was just perfect. I mean, you know. <laughs> they need to A do real the, Fest. <laughs> a real fest. Uh thank you sir. Merci. Have a have a pleasant evening.
1: Yeah, you too, and thank you for the interview and uh thank you for seeing the animals.
0: Absolutely. Anytime. Cheers. Ciao. Thank you. All right. Perfect.
1: That was great.